Welcome to Beyond the Bench, a podcast sponsored by and in conjunction with Gordon Leadership Services. Beyond the Bench is a podcast done by ADs for ADs. Every week in this podcast, three Iowa high school athletic directors talk about current program issues we are dealing with, special moments we've had, a quote of the week, some hot topics, and we will, of course, have some fun along the way talking about things happening with our family and friends. We'll talk with special guests, including athletic directors currently doing the job, retired ADs, and people we work with inside and outside of the school who help to make our program successful. I'm Todd Gordon, currently at Des Moines Roosevelt High School, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial High School and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. All three of us have taken different paths to our current positions, but we believe our separate journeys will make our discussions interesting and informative for ADs from schools of any enrollment size. All three of us have been active in the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. I currently serve as the president of the IHS ADA, and Scott and Aaron are both recent past presidents. All three of us hold certifications from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, the NIAAA, with Scott being a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and Aaron and myself holding our Certified Athletic Administrator certifications. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, current situations, or concerns you are dealing with in your program, and you would like us to discuss them, feel free to email us. Our email address is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. That email address again, and this is all one word, is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. And now let's get to today's podcast. Welcome to uh, this first edition of our, our podcast, and it's actually probably about the fifth attempt, if truth be told, because we had a last week tried about four times, and uh, not quite sure what was going on technically, but uh, anyway, we're here now, and got Aaron with me. Aaron, go ahead and say hi. Hey, how's everybody out there, Todd? Great to be with you, and uh, got the fingers crossed that we're a little more successful with our technology skills this week. Well, yeah, we're relying on a phone and a connection. So luckily we don't have a lot set up in this, but, uh, you know, yeah, let's just hope it goes, goes right. And, uh, we'll, uh, just kind of grow it as we go. Uh, Scott's not with us right now. Um, he'll maybe join us in a little bit, but right now we'll just be Todd and Aaron and we'll just get going with this, uh, first edition of, uh, great. of our podcast. So, you know, it's December, and it's amazing to me every year how quickly the seasons get upon us. I, it just, you know, we had a little break, and we certainly enjoy those little little breaks without activities at night, but that doesn't mean the prep work, you know, ceases and all that. So, um, you know, let's just talk a little bit here about, 
you know, the winter seasons, maybe some of the prep that we do, uh, that you do at Kennedy, Aaron, and that I do at Roosevelt. And uh, then maybe what we, we kind of had going this past weekend, because it's like, you know, you got nothing, nothing, nothing. And then bam. Wow. You've yeah. got it. You've got it all going on. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're just into it so quick. So, you know, what are some of the things you do, Aaron, to kind of prep for this winter season? Well, first and foremost, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I really try hard in, in November. Take advantage of the, you know, once your, your fall season are finished and you kind of have that put to bed and you've got two, three weeks there, uh, you know, depending on the success of your fall teams. When you've got evenings off, I, you know, that's something I've really tried to learn is take those evenings off. Uh, you know, you can get home at 4 o'clock, 4.30 and make dinner and, 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 and be present in the house uh, without having to go someplace else quick. I, that's the biggest thing I do in that off time. But, but, boy, during the day, you're trying to start to have those conversations and preseason meetings with your coaches, whether they're formal, a formal process or just catch them in the halls between classes. But just constantly, how are things going? How are things looking? Uh, what can I do to help? That's, I think, the most important question we can, we can ask them, you know, end of October, into those first two weeks of November is, how are things going and how can I help? Uh, make sure they know that you're there for them, that, that you're uh, trying to do everything you can to, to set them up uh, so that they can be as successful as possible, try to take things off their plate, uh, or at least make the things on their plates easier. So those are things I try to uh, focus on quite a bit uh, and then try to learn from past uh, failures, I guess, as experiencers. There's been times I've come back from Thanksgiving break and, you know, Monday hits and then freshman basketball games and things like that. And it's like, I've completely forgotten. We need bench help and we need officials and you just all of a sudden find yourself in a scramble. So, you know, make yourself some lists, get organized, um, make sure you've got things taken care of so that you don't show up Monday morning after that two, three weeks off feeling refreshed and go right into, you know, mid season mode uh, by eight, 10 in the morning. Well, I agree. The lists, I mean, Boy, if you can keep those in a place where you can see them year after year. And, of course, electronically now, we've got those lists. We can save them and, and use them. And I think we're, we're being foolish if we're not doing that because I don't care how long you've done it. You know, it, it's you forget. And oh yeah, I'll blame that on age a little bit. But you just even – I don't care. You just forget about those little things that you need to do. You know, and then, you know, on top of obviously getting ready for winter, you got to wrap up your fall seasons, do your coaches evaluations and uh, do everything you have there. And we'll talk about eva evaluations and that process sometime. But, you know, it's you're right. When you have those evenings to go home, man, you got to take advantage of them. So, you know, the other thing I think that obviously the concussion management, making sure everyone's watching, the, you know, doing the concussion uh, course and getting that recorded. And then I, I guess the other thing that I've, I've come across, you know, this being my fourth year at, at Roosevelt, which is really the first time in a, a district that I've really had to almost play the role of HR and make sure that, you know, we don't do contracts. But, you know, so if you coached last year, you're still on the books for this year. And that just takes off. But, you know, if they've resigned out, my first couple of years here, I, I was waiting until probably the end of October to say, you know, and if somebody was switching assistant coaches and hadn't told me or I hadn't asked, I didn't have their paperwork done. I didn't have them processed through HR, which then your last minute. And so that's the thing I've learned is to work two, three months ahead for the next season on, hey, who, who's coaching with us this year? Because sometimes 
those things change in the mass of a hundred coaches yeah. and you don't know about it. So no, do you have to do that too at Kennedy? I, I do. Um, you know, pretty fortunate. We've got somebody downtown who, uh, that two people that I've worked with uh, that they set aside as they're specifically in charge of our, our coaching and directing contracts. And, and they're, they're really good working with us, but yeah, it's, you just, you're turning over when you got a hundred to 110 contracted coaches and, and, and they turn over pretty quick and you get last minute things come up with all of a sudden, uh, you know, as we're all dealing with, we've all got, uh, you know, more and more out of building or non-education coaches and, and man, if, their boss walks in and says, boy, I know you're going to, you know, we're going to have some flex time and be able to coach basketball this winter, but we got a big project coming up. I need you on it. Well, you know, there goes, you know, they're not coaching with you anymore. Now you've got a, a last minute gap to fill. And, and that's uh, having to play, put that HR hat on and, and get those filled quickly and get the paperwork done. That's, that's uh, one of those extra things you have to manage that nobody told me about before I, I took the keys. I hear you. I hear you. And then, you know, you've got some of them, like especially maybe volleyball or soccer that have a big club type, you know, uh, population in it too. And, well, we can get a club coach to coach. Well, you know, then you, you go through, okay, do they have their coaching certification, number one? Yeah. And if they're trying to get that in March for a spring season, forget about it, you know. And yeah. so, I mean, that's another two or three months ahead of that before you even find out who your coaches are. It's like, Okay, who's coaching and are they certified? Because if they're not certified, we don't have time to get them certified. No, um, people don't understand how long that process takes. No, no, they really don't. And that's what makes it tough, too. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with bowl, with uh, winter was bowling. Um, you know, since it's so far off site, I mean, our bowling alley is about five miles away down on the south side of Des Moines. And you know, I, I feel bad for him because luckily I've got two great, fabulous bowling coaches who are very self-sufficient, take care of their business, take care of their program, take care of their kids, and are really connected in the bowling community. They're both teachers, but they're they're both good guys with connections. And But I feel bad. I mean, I went down to bowling practice last week because I hadn't been down there for two weeks. I mean, I can walk down to the gym and into the wrestling room and into the pool. But I felt bad that I hadn't taken the effort to get to bowling. And, you know, I try to get to two or three bowling matches a year, but I mean, that's basically pretty much an unsupervised sport. Yeah. How about for you? What, what's that look like for you? Same thing. And, and I'm even, I, I'm worse off than you are on the, on the practice. I haven't been down to one yet uh, this year and, and need to, and it's, it's on, it's on the list, but it seems like things come up in the afternoon and, and, you know, the fires start mounting, you start putting those out and it gets hard to, to get there. Um, but it, yes, and, and I'd say the same thing's true for like our golf or anything else. that's an off campus, you know, offsite, uh, price like that, or, or, or activity like that. But yeah, it's hard. Uh, I've got the same thing. I've got, uh, I've got one coach that's, uh, he's had coach for both the boys and the girls. And then he's an assistant coach on the girls side and assistant coach on the boys side for the JV kids. And, and they do a great job. And like you said, they're super connected and they do a great job building a bowling family. Um, it's hard to fold it into the, uh, the overall day-to-day um, -day school culture when it's off, off campus. And, and, and those kids deserve better than that. So it's, it's something we should keep focusing on with those kids. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something I, I'm really interested to 
to know how people do it, you know, and, and um, make them feel more part of it. It's a great program. My goodness. You know, you see kids down there in that bowling program that very few are in any other activity or, you know, are, are not in any other sports. And that has increased participation and uh, gotten kids really involved. And I think that that's been such a positive thing of having bowling go sanctioned as well. So, yeah. And for those listening out there, boy, if you, you know, if you don't have it in your school, your community, and you're thinking about it, it, for the reason you just said, and, and when you get to the meets and get to watch them, uh, man, the energy and the, and the sportsmanship uh, is, is fantastic. Um, you know, that state bowling meet is, is one of the, the more energetic, passionate events out there, but it's an, it's a very positive energy and positive uh, um, excitement. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's great sport, great for kids, lifelong activity, and they have a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. When they get to those Baker games at the end of their match. Yeah. Uh, man, that's, that's good stuff. And that's, that's fun yeah. to watch. It's fun to watch. Yes, they are. Well, Hey, we're going to move on now to a, another, we're going to take some time or oh, our first three episodes and just kind of let one of us talk about ourselves a little bit, our family, you know, kind of our path, our journey, uh, that we've been on. And today it's Aaron Stecker's turn, uh, to talk about, you know, who he is and, uh, where he's come from and just a little bit about himself. And we'll kind of talk through that as well. So Aaron, why don't you just start off and talk to us about your family a little bit uh, and just kind of tell us who Aaron Stecker is. Well, that, that'd be great. Uh, talk about my family a little bit here. You know, my, my wife, my wife, Jeanette, uh, she's an educator also. She's, uh, she's in her 24th year uh, as an educator. She's an elementary teacher here, uh, actually just across the street in our, one of our feeder elementary schools. And uh, I, I say this all the time to folks, I, I need to get her back into coaching. She was actually Kennedy's head softball coach back in the early 2000s. Um, hands down the best coach in the house. There's, there's just really, and best educator in the house. She, she is uh, a fantastic relationship builder. Um, you know, when you think about the, uh, the statement, easy to please, hard to satisfy, that wraps her up uh, entirely. She builds great positive relationships and celebrates with kids, but is always pushing for more. Uh, in a real uh, encouraging way. And I just love watching that with her. Uh, we've been together 23, we're coming up on, on 23 years now. Uh, we're a Christmas wedding, so we'll be celebrating our 23rd uh, anniversary here this just in a few weeks. Uh, three kids. Uh, my oldest uh, is 20. He's down in, living in Iowa City, goes to Kirkwood, uh, is a, a history major. Um, and that's kind of, he's kind of come around, it's been a a, a different path coming around to that, but he loves history, loves the impact of history uh, on, on current events, loves reading, loves podcasts. Um, I've just, it's been exciting to watch him discover that. And then in the process, rediscover learning uh, and we'll see where that goes, but, but loves it. Um, I've got a senior this year. My middle one uh, is uh, working his last, uh, his last year through the, the, the high school system. Um, great kid. Um, I, my oldest is the academic, my, this one is, uh, he's a hands-on guy. He's in our, our building trades program, uh, you know, built the student built house, um, plans on pursuing the building trades after high school. Uh, he's an athlete. If he can, if he can run, jump, uh, hunt, uh, anything, anything physical like that, he, he's all in, uh, rest, he's wrestling right now and we're excited. He's kind of back on the mat after some concussion stuff. So, just looking for a great, great wrestling season for him this winter. And then my youngest, uh, Raylan, she's a junior. 
and uh, she's been show choir theater. She just was a part of our uh, children's theater production this last weekend. She was one of the mermaids in Little Mermaid. Uh, one of the Ariel sisters had a great time. It was a great show. She's also into journalism and photography. Uh, she's a really a fantastic photographer. She's got a, a, a real knack and an eye for uh, finding just really cool pictures. And it's fun to watch her embrace that and kind of figure out what that's going to do for her long term. Also, she's thinking journalism and and, uh, and photography down the road. So those are my three kiddos and they they keep me and my wife uh, on our toes. No, that's great. It's amazing, isn't it? I've got three also, but it's it's amazing how different they are and what a blessing those differences are it's so much fun to watch them uh grow and i i i say this all the time they've they've all managed uh to excel in things that i did not uh, and i think that was intentional on their part they knew what dad did in, in high school and college uh and they avoided those things so that when they when they got done with their activities and came home at night whether it be singing or wrestling or or drama or speech, which there are things I did not excel in. Um, they, uh, they knew I couldn't give them advice. They're like, all, <laughs> I can, all I can say is I love watching you play and I love watching you sing. And that's all I got. Cause I can't give them, Lord knows I can't give them singing advice, Todd. Yeah. Well, and you know, at the end of the day, that's the best thing we can say to them too. So that's, yep. that's proven for sure. Um, you know, so what, what took you into education when you're in college and you're trying to decide, or maybe you knew when you went to college, but what, what pushed you that way? Um, I was a late decider on education, uh, on that. I honestly went to, when I went to school, I was pursuing medicine, uh, and was three and a half years in the, into that process. I'd even, I'd even taken the MCATs twice and then started the early process of applying to medical schools. And my, my senior year, uh, up at Warburg and, and coming up on Christmas break. And I just, it just didn't feel right. And I uh, started doing some some pretty hard thinking about what I wanted to pursue and what I wanted to do. And uh, I, this is one of my one of my famous lines here. I, I, I got to a point like, you know, I don't really know I want to be a doctor. I don't know that the, that's the lifestyle, the on the go, the long hours, the, you know, of course, back then I was I didn't want to wear a beeper all the time, uh, 80 hours a week. <laughs> and here I am as an activities director. And what, what's in my pocket and on all day long? Uh-huh. Uh, answer. Well, so, um, you know, I just something wasn't right that senior year. Uh, and, and I, and I knew I was going the wrong direction. And so I really stepped back a second. I, and I just remember being real intentional thinking about what, what have I enjoyed? Uh, what, what's, what have I been excited about? And, and it was my high school experience. Um, it was everything about it. It was the sports, it was the classes. It was, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of being up at our high school building. Uh, you know, I lived a half block away from it and Man, I was there early in the day, and it was hard to get me to go home. I, uh, I'm sure they got tired of you know running me out of the gym every night. I just I loved being there, and so I, I started thinking about that and pursued that, and spent an extra year, but uh, got into education, uh, and I've been thankful for that choice ever since. No doubt, no doubt. It's amazing how things work, and yeah, you just followed that really that uh, what was in your gut and in your heart. That's great. Yep. So take us back a little bit. Where did you go to high school? I am a Gilbert Tiger. Grew up in Gilbert, uh, Iowa. Um, yeah. Moved there when I was two and been, was there the whole time. So, uh, yeah, so that's grown since you've been there, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. We had yeah. How many did you graduate? I was 44 in my graduating class. And I, if I had to guess, they're probably pushing 100 or 100 plus. Yeah. Uh, so. There now. 
Yeah. So, so who, you know, you, you talk about your experience and not getting enough. So who influenced you through your high school career, you know, that kind of got that love going for you? Well, um, you know, first, first and foremost, just say my dad, you know, he was one of my bigger influencers when it came to, um, passionate about what you're doing and working really hard at it. I mean, any work ethic I have, uh, comes first and foremost from him, uh, on that. But when it comes to the education side of it, I, I guess the easiest way for Todd for me to share this story, and you and I have talked about this before, um, my, my mentor outside of my parents and my dad in particular, uh, was my, um, uh, guy by the name of John Van Fleet. Um, he uh, actually was just inducted in the uh, NIAAA uh, Hall of Fame last uh, last year down in Arizona, down in Phoenix. For those that were down there, uh, fantastic uh, educator, coach, athletic director, uh, and I I grew up with him. And he was my high school football coach, my high school track coach. I took a couple of science classes from him. Um, so he, you know, so here's his resume. He was high school football coach, high school track coach, science teacher. Then he became a, became a high school AD and spent a lot of time over in Illinois as that. And it was actually Illinois' state LTI coordinator. Well, here's Aaron Secker's resume. Science teacher, football coach, track coach, AD, uh, and uh, state LTI coordinator. Um, so if that gives you any indication of the influence that, that John Van Fleet has had on my life, that, uh, that probably sums it up. Yeah, great man. That's, that's the... I think the first national convention I went to, and I've shared this with you, I'll share with everybody else, getting a uh, shuttle from the airport to go to the Anaheim Convention Center. And uh, we're in there with John Van Fleet. And that's, I, I got to meet him. Uh, we spent about 15 or 20 minutes on that ride, if not more, depending on what the LA traffic was. I don't remember, but immediately you're drawn to his personality. And uh, he's a passionate guy. And, uh, how is his health, by the way, right now? I know he's had a he's had a bout with cancer. He yeah, it's been a long battle for him. Um, last we talked, which would have been earlier this fall, late summer, uh, same as what we would have seen him in Phoenix. Uh, it's day to day is tough, um, but still sharp. Uh, I mean, you talk with him, and uh, you know it's hard from you know not so easy for him to talk, but still sharp as attack uh, with what he wants to talk about. But getting around is tough, and. And, and such for him. We've been lucky and blessed to have him as long as we've had him. He is, he, the guy's a fighter. Um, I think most folks would have given up three, four rounds ago and, and he might be on round 10 with this stuff by now in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's amazing. Is he still yeah. working? Um, no, no, he's not working anymore at all. Other than, you know, he might do a little consultant stuff. I'm sure he tries to sneak in and, and teach an LTI class from now uh, or now and again. Uh, but uh, for the most part, no, not really doing much anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, God bless him. That's uh, yeah. Really, really great, great man. So, yeah, no doubt. I'm going to go back a couple little bit and uh, cause I know you're passionate about this. Um, you mentioned your son liking podcasts. I know you've become a big, uh, well, here we are on a podcast, but you have really embraced learning through podcasts and uh, maybe just talk about number one, why you like them so much. And then, maybe a couple of your favorite ones and what they're, what they're teaching you day by day. I think I'm the same way. I, in the last few months, uh, probably more so inspired by you and you talking about how you're listening to things online, um, have become a, a big believer in them as well. Um, 
and it's just a good way to spend some hours in your day. But talk a little bit about your 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 love for podcasts, where that all started, and maybe some that you really like right now. Um, you know, I've listened to them off and on, but I, uh, I, I guess I really got uh, kind of really pulled into them uh, just actually just as last spring. I said, listened off and on for the last year, year and a half, but had some downtime uh, this last spring and, and some recovery time. And I uh, was kind of bored and chomping at the bit to get going some things. And so I, I thought, well, I'm going to start listening to a couple of podcasts. And I, I came across one instantly and, and why I was drawn to this one, who knows, but it was a fantastic podcast. Uh, and, and I'll talk about it. It's one of those I would recommend out there right now, but it, here's what I love about them, Todd. Um, and they can be anything from 90 seconds. Uh, you know, you can, you can get your John Maxwell 90 seconds, uh, you know, start your day off right. Or Max Lucado, start your day off right. You know, 90 second, uh, two minute hit uh, just to, to get you focused in the right way in the morning. All the way up to 45 minutes to an hour, um, you know, almost like keynote address kind of podcast. So you get a wide variety depending on how much time do you have and what, time, what part of day is it or, or part of the day is it or what you're looking for. So you get a wide variety, but here's the thing. I love, I mean, think about, and we've talked about this. When you go to the national convention or you go to your, your state uh, AD convention or, or any type of conference like that, man, that's, you are the most jazzed up about your job, uh, about being better at your job, about taking things you learn from a conference or a clinic or you know, a speaker or a mini session at that, at that event you attended. And I can't wait to get home to, to implement that into our system, into our program and our culture. And I've just found that podcasts for me give me a chance, sometimes daily, sometimes two, three times a week. It depends on the schedule, but, but multiple times in a week, I get a little dose of a, a, a conference mini session and I learn something from listening to them. And it might be something real quick and easy. It might be a, a huge, uh, uh, I can't believe we don't do things that way. And, and you're starting to think about revamping the way you um, do your postseason evaluation because of that 45 minute podcast you listen to, but it, it gives me that feeling that I think we all walk away from our conventions and our, our, our staked uh, uh, conferences from, and you can get that weekly through podcasts. And I just love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a, a great way to use the media and the, the, uh, the medium that we have with that. Um, I agree. They're just uh, so much out there. And it just, it beats that idle time. Um, whether you're driving, I, I drive a block and a half to work, so I don't really have time. I could do a 60-second one or a, a two-minute one. But, um, you know, those of you that are driving out there, 15, 20 minutes, whatever the case might be, even 10 minutes, uh, boy, plug something in, listen to it to and from work. Yep. I just think it's a great way to, to stay focused and to – I, I agree. You know, workouts, you're out on a walk, you're out on a run, you're on a bike ride, uh, you know, whatever, you know, and I won't always do it during those times because sometimes during those types of things, you know, uh, you, know you want to be able to listen to something else. Like, you know, I ha I've got to have my Rocky Four soundtrack I listen to sometimes too. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got envision Rocky Balboa and Yvonne Drago going at it a couple times too, when you're doing a workout, but yeah, that's a, that's a great time too, to just, uh, you know, just pick something up. And so that's when I listen to them a lot also. You asked about a couple of them I, I'm listening to, um, or some of them. I'll tell you, uh, I'll give you two um, that I, I really spend a lot of time on. And one of them is uh, called Building Championship Mindsets, um, is the title of the podcast. Uh, the Selking Performance Group, which is led up by uh, Dr. Amber Selking. Uh, she is a, oh, I say sports psychologist. Um, 
Uh, she's kind of affiliated with Notre Dame. In fact, she's she is the sports psychologist for Notre Dame football. So she's, you know, you watch those guys and you see the 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 tweets and you see the uh, the social media posts out there involving Notre Dame football and the season that they're having. And you can argue about whether they played a soft schedule or or not. Get away from that. When you listen or when you look at the things they've been through and the way they've been reacting to adversity and and growing together as a team, there's no doubt the things I've heard Dr. Selking talking about on her podcast are the things she's talking to them about as a team in terms of how they mentally think about and approach um, uh, what they do day to day in their relationships and how they train. Um, and I'm sure it's having an impact on the way they're doing things. So that's a great, against building championship mindsets. I'm using it a lot right now as I'm, I'm getting into developing a student leadership program and, and we're starting there. We're starting with that. Uh, what's it mean to have a championship mindset? How do you wrap your head around uh, motivation and adversity? I get, in fact, I've got one tomorrow. Uh, we got our sixth session tomorrow and it's going to be on adversity tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to another meeting with my kids on that. Great. Just some really great stuff. So that's a good one. And then another one, I really like John Gordon's uh, Positive U uh, University podcast. He's got some great uh, guests and great stuff on there. Uh, just listened to one there the other day with uh, oh, uh volleyball player. Carrie Walsh mm. um, and she had a great session on there with him. So those are two I listen to quite a bit. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we're going to move into our kind of our last section here. Um, it's amazing, you know, how, how time gets away from us here, but you know, I, I want to talk, we're going to do this about every time we're together and we're going to talk about some of the challenges we've faced this week. Cause I know we'll have something new every single Every single time that we're together, there's going to be a challenge. And uh, so we're going to hit that today. Um, but I know, and today I want to focus on kind of when the unexpected happens. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll start. I know we're going to get to a kind of a bigger one with you, uh, but this was Friday night. I am standing um, against the wall, getting ready to go start to play some music for the, the starting lineups and things like that for our, our, before our boys game. And I was probably in a perfect administrator pose, I'm sure, with my arms crossed and leaning up against the wall. <laughs> I have no doubt. So yep. but I, I'm, I'm standing there, and one of our vice principals come up, and he says, hey, uh, our announcer, Brent, he said he's having a diabetic episode out in the hallway. Oh, no. And so we are less than a minute from the starting lineups. So off I go to uh he was taken care of he, he said he's doing better he's getting he's getting better but he's a diabetic and he was just low blood sugar and uh so i just i go across the gym i get to the 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 uh where he sits and boy i'm asking the score i said okay give me the starting lineups he didn't have the of course he hadn't didn't have the announcer sheet filled out because he hadn't been there to do it so i grab a couple programs say give me the starters and uh, within 30 seconds, I was ready to go, and I announced the whole first half. Uh, did, did the did the announcing the first half, which I love to do. And I say, uh, you're good at that, so no surprise there. Yeah, well, yeah. Anybody out there looking for an announcer full time, I'm going to be available in about six months. So um, sign them up. Sign them up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're over there in Central Iowa, take advantage of that. So I, I grabbed that, but that's I mean that's just you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, from event to event, uh, and you just you just kind of go. And uh, so I was back. He came back, and he they pumped about seven Kit Kats into him, and uh, 
he was standing over by our spot during the second quarter and I saw him and, and uh, he came back at halftime and said, I'm ready to go. And, uh, he said, I don't remember the first three Kit Kats, but I remember the last four. So he was, he was just, they said he was out in the uh, lobby, just kind of staring at the concession stand. Huh. And he, he didn't know he couldn't get anything out. So they, they grabbed him and luckily they took care of him and Brent's okay. And he did the second half, just like nothing ever happened. So that is all right. And great job for you jumping in that you're right. That's what we have to do. Sometimes you don't, and, and sometimes it happens fast. It does. And you just go. And uh, luckily that's something I could do and uh, was able to do it and enjoyed it. And that's, Good. you know, it's one of those times I told my wife when I got home, you know, well, I, I didn't get to sit down. I said, Oh, I take that back. I sat down for one half when I sat at the <laughs> the scores table and announced. So that was, I got to get off my feet for a little bit too. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's minor compared to the challenge that you went through um, the last week and a half, 10 days. And, uh, I think it's worth talking about uh, because I think we've all lost either uh, we've either lost students unexpectedly, or in this case, it was a staff member unexpectedly. And let's just talk for just a few minutes while we wrap up, uh, you know, kind of basically how we approach that. Uh, maybe some things you did at Kennedy and uh, maybe tell the story a little bit of what happened over there this last 10 days. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been one of those uh, weeks, ten days that you you just really don't like to like to have to go through as as a school community. But we unfortunately, one of our math teachers, he's got family out in Colorado, and he'd been with the building. He, his first year at Kennedy was two thousand five, so he'd been been with us for a while. Um, and uh, he was out visiting family out in Colorado, out in Fort Collins, and uh, wrong place, wrong time, in a bad situation, and. Uh, he and his his oldest daughter was an adopted daughter. Um, were rear-ended by uh, a pretty heavy ranch truck. Um, that uh, guy was trying to get away from something that he shouldn't have been doing, and was in a hurry and hit their car and killed them both instantly. And that was Thanksgiving morning, and we found out about it Friday afternoon. Uh, his our math teacher sister gave our principal a call and and let us know and. And, you know, we, we got together as administrative staff right after that um, and for about two hours. And for the first hour, we were just trying to console each other. Uh, the guy's name is Rick Neese, a unique guy. I could spend a long time just talking about Rick. Very unique educator, had unique gifts, and, and found a way to reach kids by using what he was passionate about. He was passionate about the guitar, and he used this guitar to reach his kids. Ran a guitar club. He had song after song. Uh, written with lyrics about geometry and geometry theorems and, you know, Sotatoa and that, and he, he just uses, he uses passion, his guitar to teach his kids. Great. Uh, so we spent an hour just consoling each other, but then at some point in time, uh, for those unfortunately have gone through this, you have to jump into this mode of, okay, we're going to have 130 staff members and 1800 kids show up on one, uh, you know, well, for, that's this Friday, we've got to let them know. And then we've got to start for planning on on Monday when everybody comes back together for the first time. How are we going to manage? I mean, you're a you're a you're a small town, and and community with all kinds of different personalities and grieving styles and and some some would be like Rick who because they didn't know who it was, didn't have him as a teacher, or they were on the other end of the building as, and didn't interact that much as a staff member, which was very few when it came to Rick. But you jump into this mode of how are we going to manage the emotions and the grief. Um, of 2,200 people, this small town we run every day, um, 
and also still keep things moving forward because some of our kids, the, the way they grieve is they, I, give me my chemistry, give me my LA, give me my world history. I got, I'm going to keep moving forward because that's how I'm going to manage this. Um, our, our principal, Jason Klein, did a fantastic job along with our counseling staff of, of really driving that. And, and, and it was a tough week, um, but we got through it um, day by day, got a little easier. Um, a lot of counseling staff in to work with our kids and our staff. And then we, we topped it off with a, bit of a tribute um, to him last night. We had a, a little memorial service because he's all, all his family's out West. So they weren't doing anything back in Iowa. So we went ahead and did something last night with the family's blessing. And his youngest daughter came, came out and was there last night and had a memorial service. And then like I say, he loved the guitar and he loved open mics. And so we did an open mic last night to celebrate Rick. And it was a, uh, a really bittersweet night, a lot of fun, but a lot of sadness knowing that we lost a pretty good guy. Uh, with that so it's it's a hard thing to manage in a school and and, and it's a you don't know how you react when you're in those situations but I, I really thought our staff uh, really did a great job yeah yeah and I'm sure it was important for everyone who was there including you um, to be a part of that and uh, you're right uh, we go to work and I mean we're fortunate to be in a in larger schools where it is a small city that's coming to your school every day. And whether you're in that or you're in a one, a school, then the community knows everybody. Yeah. It's still, you know, a group of a thousand to 2000 people that are affected by that. Um, I, I think the biggest thing when those things happen, um, and I watched my dad do this. I'll talk about him when I talk about myself a little bit, but my dad's been a minister now for probably going on almost 60 years. And uh, I remember, you know, when things happened and uh, his strength was probably hospital ministry over a lot of the strengths that he had, he was a great comforter. And I, I think the biggest things I learned from him that I've, I've used when we've had these things happen in a school, whether it be a, a student killed in car wreck or, uh, you know, would take their own life or, or whatever the case might be, um, is that number one, you, you just have to be calm. Um, you have to offer support. There's no magic thing to say. And I think that, that, that's what I've probably learned more over the years. A lot of times you just got to show up and you have to listen. Yep. You just got to be there. You do. And it's really no secret. I think, you know, if anyone's listening, you say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do when that happens or what. Just just be there and yep. uh, just show up and be present. That means more to people than I think we realize. And uh, just kind of be available, I think, is the biggest thing with that. So, yep. um, man, uh, I know there'll still be grieving going on. So, man, blessings to the Candy family. Yep. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll just continue to get through it. Cause I know it's a great place and you've got great support there. So uh, one, kudos uh, to you. Uh, one, one real quick thing and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. But I uh, want to make, I just, I need to make this point with folks, you know, uh, Rick knew his math. Um, but I will tell you, uh, I actually tweeted about this last night when I got home, you know, there's all this talk out there about, you know, being a unifier and, and bringing people together. Um, I'll just say this, uh, we're educators and, and we're administrators and we're coaches and however else leaders that are listening to this. Um, never underestimate the power of relationship and never underestimate your reach because I watched kids 
who are now grown up 25, 26, 31, who have been influenced by this man that are from all different walks of life. I mean, they were, we had some rockers, we had some country kids, we had, we had kids who hated math. We had kids who loved math and none of them talked about math. They all talked about that. Mr. Nice took time to listen, get to know them, be there for them when it was a tough day and build, build strong relationships with them. Never underestimate our ability to have lifelong impacts by being present for our kids. And, and it's easy to forget because there's lots of I's to dot and T's to cross, but boy, we have to be intentional daily about not, not letting too many of those moments slip by because they matter when it matters, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the point you made about him and the way he connected, the, the other thing I'll just tag on to that, because um, I think I have struggled with this in the past and I'm, I've just started to grasp it now in my later years, is just be who you are and let that be the person that's going to connect with somebody. You can't be the AD or the leader across the street or across the state. You've got to be who you are because somebody needs you to be who you are because that's who they're going to connect with. And don't ever underestimate um, the strengths that you have and just be, just be ready to use those. Uh, don't try to be somebody else. Just be you. And that's who Rick was. Uh, yep. Rick was himself. I think it's great when you talk about teaching and he used his passions to get to his teaching. Man, what a great way to be. What a great lesson for all yep. of us. Yep, I agree. Great stuff. Well, um, well, we made it through one episode. Uh, no glitches, unless it happens hey. for the next 30 seconds. But, uh, you know, here we are. Um, but I, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Aaron, you know, I think we've talked about this. Aaron and Scott and I have all talked about it, how this is just for us. It's, it's therapy. And uh, it's just a good way for us to kind of share a passion that we have. And uh, that's leadership and uh, being involved in this world as activities and athletic directors. Uh, it's a great blessing. But I know there's challenges out there. So we'll talk about a lot of those. Talk a lot about the good things because there's always good things that come out of, of every situation. But uh, we'll try to hit you up weekly. And uh, we'll see you again in about a week. And uh, we're, we're going to start to air these probably. We'll put them up on a Monday morning and uh, just kind of be consistent with that. And uh, so, you know, if you can make us a part of your day, uh, we'll appreciate that. Love to hear from you. And uh, reach out to us if there's something you want to talk about. And uh, we're also going to get some special guests on here from time to time, about once a month. Uh, whether they be ADs or whether they be people in our programs, uh, maybe a clock operator. And we're gonna, just going to talk to people from all over uh, because it takes more than just us, obviously, to run an athletic department. Yes, and, it does. Uh, we're going to talk to a lot of those important people. So I appreciate uh, the time Aaron's put into this. I know Scott will be with us sometime. Uh, he had something come up tonight. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to try and be here for each other, for you. So Aaron, uh, tell you what, I'm really looking forward to this, Todd. I appreciate your legwork on this. And, and folks, we're just looking forward to connecting with you and, and, and enjoying time together. And, uh, you know, I was talking about take away one thing. Hopefully you'll find that weekly with us and, and then we'll find ways to get that from you. So looking forward to it. All right. Hey, thanks everyone. Have a great week. Be better and be blessed. Thanks. <laughs>